Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. been an unbelievable show. We're going to move Dick Morris to tomorrow. The debate's tomorrow night anyway, and he wants to talk about Trump and the debate. So we'll do Peter King, Curtis Sliwa, Dick Morris, Nicole Maliotakis. Some more surprises tomorrow. And, of course, I'll be arrested tonight on the news or something, so that'll make for good content tomorrow. Anthony Weiner, Curtis Sliwa, Bo Dietl, my mother Naomi, Ray Kelly, Janine Pirro all already stopped by today. And that brings us to my next guest. I heard him on with Kill Me yesterday. He's always great. He's always great. He's real good on this show. He is uh, the best columnist in the country, him and Divine, at the New York Post. And it's my friend Michael Goodwin. They ever call you Goody as a kid, Michael? What would they call you? <laughs> no, no, Sid. That's when I luckily escaped. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> I, I have a friend. His name is Doug Goodstein. He used to be one of Howard Stern's producers, and we called him Goody. So uh, I'm thinking of Michael Goodwin, and I say somebody had to call you Goody, but I guess not. No, you've just been Mike. That's no, I, I, it's an interesting – it never came up to my recollection. Uh, so uh, Good. I, I dodged that bullet. <laughs> that is a bullet. Talking about dodging bullets, we are trying to dodge one in my neighborhood. I live by the beach over there, over the Gil Hodges Bridge. And uh, tonight, I'm sure you heard the promo, you're on hold. Me and Curtis are going to hold a uh, big rally and I've been told by the Rockaway Republican Club and others, this is bipartisan, Michael Goodwin. These are Republicans and Democrats who do not want these migrants in our community. They're going to a mass at Reese Park at 6 o'clock, walk across the bridge, and meet me and Curtis at Floyd Bennett Field at 7. Again, Republicans and Democrats. Point is, no one wants these migrants. Nobody. What the hell are we supposed to do? Yeah, look, I, I think that... Um... I'm happy uh, in the sense that it's finally coming, feels as though it's coming to a boil in neighborhoods. I mean, I think that's one of the things that's been missing here because you have this, it's kind of a neighborhood by neighborhood, right? So the city or, or, and, and the state, they, they put them in a hotel here and a hotel there. And so people individually or a few a few residents of each neighborhood complain but when you add it all up and you look at the city as a whole you're right they're everywhere they're everywhere and that to me Sid is the great mystery of Eric Adams here how did he not see this coming I mean more than a year ago now back in July of 22 the first time he mentioned that there were something like 2,000 migrants mixed in in the homeless shelters, 2,000 or 2,500, something along that line. And here we are 
you know, a little more than a year later, there are over 100,000 in the city and maybe 60,000 living in these various city shelters and hotels that they keep opening. The problem is there's no limit. Well, well, but you but you just said it best. You said, how did he not know this? I'm going to tell you. I went to the Mets game last Monday with my friends Keith Kantrowitz, Anthony Carone, and former Governor David Patterson. And Patterson was defending the mayor, Michael. He said, how would he have known? I said, Dave, Dave, I'm a dopey radio host. I knew, so did Curtis, a year ago this was going to happen. How did we know? We watched the news. We have something called a border, and the border is wide open. And his buddy Joe Biden, he refers to himself as the Biden of Brooklyn, has never had any intention of closing the border. So the better question is, how did Eric Adams know? How did he not know the border's been wide open? That's that's precisely the point. I mean, I, I flagged it at that time because I had been writing about the border. And here we were now seeing the efforts by not just the Republican border state governors, but you were also just seeing the natural flow. I mean, how do they get to the city apart from the ones that Abbott from Texas sent? Um, they get here with these charities that are funded by the government. And so they are all going to come. Who doesn't want to come to New York? Right. Right. Around the world. So they're all going to come. The Boston Globe had a story the other day about fears in Boston that it's going to be swamped. There are roughly six million who came in in the Biden administration. Six million people came across the border. Some of them. Uh, most of them identified themselves and, and uh, submitted to arrest uh, by claiming asylum. Roughly a million others just got away, as the Border Patrol calls them, gotaways. A million people. I mean, this is a decades-long issue now. They're, the ones who are having babies here, those babies become citizens. So what are you going to do with the parents? You're going to, if they lose their asylum case, you're going to deport them? I don't think so. So they have created a permanent political problem for as long as the eye can see. Mm. And yet, and here on the New York City, where the rubber always meets the road, we get this kind of local impact that is just driving neighborhoods crazy, that's adding to the sense of public disorder, it's breaking the budget. Kathy Hochul is a no-show, as she always is. She never shows up for anything. I mean, what a ridiculous waste of a governorship. She just has no desire to solve problems. Oh, hold on a second. But but she's the one, according to her, because now she's in a tiff with the mayor, although he makes it very clear they still love each other like we want that. I don't care if they hate each other's guts. I can't stand either one of them at this point. I would point. rather they would yeah, me they too. at least right. fighting for something. Right. So she says, well, I told the mayor about these places, and he didn't do it. I gave him money, and I gave him all this money. I don't know where the money is. So it's a very simple question. Do you believe this tip is real? And if you do believe it's real, then as much as as a no-show as she is, she has tried, and she says Eric Adams has done nothing. What are your thoughts? Well, look, uh, I don't really have an opinion as to which of them is dumb or dumber on this issue. Um, 
I think that the main thing is the solutions they keep talking about are what's making it worse. For example, when you provide this kind of housing, a hotel in Manhattan, hey, I'm in Honduras. The gangs are outside my door. Yeah, I think I'll go to a hotel in Manhattan for free, right? I mean, or or the, the second thing that Hochul keeps pushing, and Adams too, but she's really taken the lead on this, is demanding that the federal government hurry up with work authorization papers. Now, this is another invitation to come. Come to New York, you'll get a hotel in Manhattan, and you'll be able to work. So, Everything they are doing is incentivizing more of them to come. It's like Biden. Leave the border open and they'll come. Well, and if you're in the city of New York, give them a hotel room. They'll come. If you're the governor, tell them they can work and they'll come even more. So all of their so-called solutions are just making it worse. Well, they're clearly – look, I made it very, very clear, Michael. I don't want him here. If that makes me a bad person, insensitive, uh, I don't care. I don't want them. So neither one of them has said we don't want them. I wish they would. I wish somebody would just say build a wall, keep them there, and that's the end of it. So they are remaining true to what they originally said, which was, yeah, you come here. Now, once they get here, you're right. They need to find a way to make use of them. Now, look, I've got Democrat friends and family members who say, I say, well, what about the jobs? You know, Americans need jobs. They go, no, no, no. Uh, jobs are there. The Americans are lazy. They don't do them. At least the migrants will want to work. What are your thoughts on that? You, 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 Donald Trump said this best years ago. If you don't have a border, you don't have a country. And I, I think, yes, we need people who will work. We want people who will work. That has always been a facet of the immigration system. But the key word there is system. You've got to have a vetting process. You've got to have control. Right now, because of Joe Biden, we have no control. Whoever wants to come, comes. That's not the way it has ever worked before. We Even with the guest workers program, there was a vetting process. There was an employer who was responsible. <clears throat> you had certain rights and rules. There's no reciprocity here. It's a one-way street. Come on in. We'll give you everything. <clears throat> we'll ask nothing of you. <clears throat> and, and then we'll demand more money. We'll demand more. All of this will just collapse at some point. It cannot continue infinitely. You know, Herb Stein, the, the late great economist, said something that can't go on forever won't. And that's where we are here. This can't go on forever. There, there's no more room at the inn, as Adams has said yeah, several I times. I've heard him say even that. As he, yeah. Even as he keeps making more room. <laughs> right. And uh, finds himself in Jerusalem this morning. I mean, you talk about a, a bad timing. And, and of all things, this is what makes me laugh. I know he's going there to check out some of the technology, but he goes to Jerusalem to find out how to combat anti-Semitism. Let me explain something, Mike, which you know already. Jews that get killed in Israel are killed by Palestinians, not black guys from Brooklyn. The overwhelming majority of attacks on Jews here, 86% are black people. So Mayor Eric Adams wants to combat anti-Semitism. He doesn't have to go to Tel Aviv. He needs to go to Brooklyn and the Bronx and to his own community say, stop beating up Jews. It's that simple. Look, I I mean, I I think uh, the the first deputy mayor and the 
Education Commissioner reportedly got married last weekend. They were out of town, understandably. Adams is out of town. I mean, I, I don't know what – is this some kind of a, you know, everybody running for their lives or something? I mean, you, you, you don't – you know, you have a new police commissioner. I mean, I, I don't know. By the way, the, the police commissioner I invited on the show today, this is funny, just to yeah. stay with the theme, he's a, he's a nice guy. And he come on, he's out of town because he drove his son to Syracuse today to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Sid. Um, <laughs> maybe, there's, maybe there's a hint here, right? Get out of town. <laughs> yeah, but in the meantime, the people that care, people like me and Curtis Sliwa, we ain't leaving. We are going to be at Floyd Bennett Field tonight with a lot of Democrats, a lot of Republicans. This is bipartisan. I can tell you that I have relatives, uh, excuse me, uh, neighbors that are both, and they don't want this. And they will be here in New York tonight fighting for their neighborhoods. That brings us to tomorrow night. Now, I read your most recent column. Ron DeSantis needs a miracle to win the 2024 election. Forget about that. He needs a miracle to win the primary. He's never going to get to the election. Donald Trump is up 46 points. Ron DeSantis, you can make the argument, has been more disappointing in his campaign than the Mets. <laughs> uh, or the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, uh, I mean, no question, DeSantis is behind the eight ball here. Uh, my point in writing that column was that um, the – the theory that DeSantis and everybody else, all the other opponents had more or less, was that Trump support um, back, let's say, back in January of this year, late last fall, uh, Trump's support was somewhere around 35 to 40 percent in most polls. And their view, the, the, the opponent's view of that was, you know, probably 25 percent of the total GOP is unsh- are unshakable Trump supporters. But that other 15 percent, let's say, uh, who are supporting Trump at that point, they're soft. They're persuadable. We can peel them off and Trump will be left with 25 percent and he will not be the nominee. So you fast forward to where we are now, and Trump is getting not 35 and 38 and 40 percent in the polls. He's getting 55 and 56 and 58 percent in the Republican primary polls. So that soft support that everybody else saw has hardened, and they are now firm Trump supporters, uh, and it makes it very hard for anybody else to get a foothold. And DeSantis, of course— has been the number two all along. He has been seen, and I saw him that way myself, as the future of the party. He has been seen as the alternative to Trump, but it, it hasn't happened. Uh, I mean, his theory that he could persuade these soft, so-called soft supporters ha- has failed. And, of course, the four prosecutions of Trump, the four indictments, have certainly helped Trump yes. up to this point. Yep, yep, and yep, so yep. I— It's a a conundrum, I think, for Republicans who don't like Trump, who don't want to see him as the nominee, but who see that nobody else can challenge him. So right now the fight is about who is going to be the alternative to Trump. That's what this debate is now going to turn into. Trump's not going to be there. So who is going to be? Is it going to be DeSantis? Is it going to be Chris Christie, uh, Vivek, uh, somebody else? Uh, who, who Tim Scott is actually mm. rising in the first two early yeah. states, New Hampshire and Iowa. 
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gabolaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I don't know, Mike. I think we're desperately looking for a reason to watch. Uh, the truth is it's over. There is no second. Uh, it's up to Trump who he's going to pick to be his running mate. Some of these folks, if they do well tomorrow night, may end up in his cabinet. That won't be Chris Christie. So I think we're trying to convince ourselves for a reason to watch because it's over. And I'm not sure if it was East Palestine. I mean, the day he went there, Donald Trump, say what you want, things started to turn around. Because the month before, the month before, he had that ridiculous trading card deal he ripped up the Constitution, wanted to rip it up, I should say. He had that infamous dinner with Kanye West and the neo-Nazi. Then he goes to East Palestine before anybody else does, hands out water to these fine Americans, and things started to turn around. Then, of course, the border and all the things he did well, which now are going really, really badly. And don't forget, he had months and months and months of beating up DeSantis, and DeSantis never replied because he was still the governor of Florida and saying out of the race. There's a lot of reasons why, but go back to the day that Trump went to East Palestine, Michael. That's where it all turned around. Well, look, I, I don't dispute the idea that um, it's, uh, it's not looking good for the, everybody else. But I would just add this one caution, Sid. Um, it's still almost five months until the caucus in Iowa, which is January 15th. That, a lot can happen between now and then. Uh, you have these some of these trials or the pretrial motions coming up. You just have a lot of time. And I, I don't know. I mean, you're right. It seems to be at this point a foregone conclusion. But I think in politics, we've been surprised before. I mean, I am surprised that Trump has had this staying power out of office. I, I was among those who thought that he had crested. And it was going to be a slow, like a, a melting iceberg. But that hasn't happened. But, look, we still have five months until Iowa. So a lot of things can happen, a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of events. Uh, we'll ha- we, and also the question of the Democratic Party. Is Joe Biden really going to be the nominee? I don't. I just can't see it. Yeah. I mean, his yeah. performance in Maui, it, it never <laughs> stops. I mean, Terrible. this guy is you, – you can't take him out. <laughs> 
It's true. I mean, he was really pathetic in Maui. That was a slam dunk, right? Just go there and cry. And if you have any heart at all, you would cry anyway. This is a real horrible disaster. There's a, there's a school we haven't talked about. They haven't found the kids yet. And he's up there making up stories about saving his wife, his car, and his cat in a fire. You can't even make this stuff up. Uh, no, but, no. I mean, as the post, as the post says, you know, he makes everything about himself. I yes. Mean, you know, look, he, he has had tragedy in his life, but when when he went uh, to the soldier, to the families who had died in Afghanistan, and talked about his son dying, I mean, it's always about him, and he has used that son's tragic death, you know, in in political settings that are a little creepy. And so and so is this minor kitchen fire, right? Which right. He has yeah. lied about before. I mean, right. So it's like no, you, somebody has to. Well, forget it. No, they no, tell over. him, yeah, yeah. yeah he Please. can't. He no. can't comprehend. And, and not only does it bring up his son's death, he lies about that. His son did not yes. die in Iraq. His son died right. in a hospital here in the United States. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so, but he, but he turns all these things as though somehow this is how he can relate to those people. But it's a false, it's a false equivalency. And that's what he does all the time. Yes. Uh, You're brilliant. You really are. Your columns are great in the New York Post. I love when you're on this show. So Michael Goodwin, thank you once again. Enjoy your Tuesday. Let's do it again very soon. Enjoy the debate. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Sid. My Michael. Michael Goodwin, New York Post columnist. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.